All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Hey everybody, it's your boy from Illinois, Drew here, with this new edition of The Amazon Project. I would like to be called, from this point on, Big Drew, if I'm going to be given a nickname like my friend, the creator here. Uh, I would like to do that in honor of a fella by the name of Big Bill Haywood. Big Bill Haywood was a gold miner and a union organizer in the early 20th century. Uh, he organized everything from miners to textile workers and did it all over the United States. He was a big man with a big heart and a big dream of one big union for every worker in the United States and worldwide, offer everyone the protections and the security of organized labor. So in that spirit of labor being one big thing for everybody to participate in, we were, we're working here on the Amazon project, uh, which seeks to tackle the issues for every worker at Amazon by exploring their stories and the story of the David and Goliath battle uh, against the hitherto unchallenged corporate behemoth. In the first show, we interviewed Real from Real Talk Podcast about his termination after speaking up on the Big Fan Podcast. Um, by doing this, we hope to expose some of the bad management practices uh, that the company and, and the everyday people that work at Amazon have to deal with. Uh, maybe we can shine a little light on the situation and at least encourage a little, little better conditions for working. We want to level the playing field with all workers at Amazon with the company by offering all of you a platform to come on and to speak about your experiences working at Amazon. That's what's most important. Labor itself is a story of a struggle that started many, many years ago. I would know. Uh, I used to do a labor history music festival when I lived in Springfield, Illinois and worked for the Springfield Park District. Uh, we'll, we're going to be starting that event up uh, for anybody that wants to attend. It'll be May 1st in Joliet. We don't have the specific venue hammered out yet, but the idea is to have some, some bands out, some union people out, uh, and try to, try to connect people with the history by calling it the Haymarket Festival. Uh, the Haymarket Festival is named after the Haymarket Incident. Uh, in the late 19th century in Chicago, where a group of striking workers gathered and stood off with police. At some point in the confrontation or in the conflict, someone unknown threw a bomb into the crowd and all hell broke loose. It was reported that police were shooting into the crowd of people running away. Later on, they killed a number of people that they falsely accused of inciting the riot uh, that were called the Haymarket Martyrs. Now, the only good thing that came out of this was the establishment of the eight-hour workday, 
which is, you know, been the, been the, been the standard now for at least a hundred years, you know, of what, what a good work day is. If you're, especially if you're working a hard type of job, uh, not that you don't work more, but that, that struggle of people fighting for basic things like the eight hour workday, that's the kind of story that we want to have on people that are struggling at Amazon and, you know, getting terminated because they speak up. Uh, that's not good. So let's go over where we're at with the story of Amazon uh, and its workers and their struggle or with their, let's not call it a struggle, let's, let's call it their, their experience. Because that's, that's what it really is. It's quite the experience uh, getting together with your coworkers in the workplace and trying to, to build a better workplace for yourself and your coworkers. Across the country, there are two union drives currently, one in Bessemer, Alabama, which is a rematch of a former one, and one in New York with the Amazon Labor Union, uh, which is being spearheaded by a labor activist, or at least uh, in large part, it seems, by a labor activist who was recently arrested. That's right, Chris Smalls, the organizer uh, at Amazon at JFK 8, I believe, was arrested uh, for union activity on, on facility or on site. My assumption being a front lines trenches type activist is that I know that I was very measured in how I calculated, you know, doing what I was doing or tried to be. Uh, and one of the things that came up for me was that they, the company can kick people that don't work for the company off the property. So, uh, you know, it is an escalation. It's not a civil thing to do. It's not a nice thing to do, but it's a forewarning that they, that is there. Amazon is notorious for not letting union people on their property at all. Now, as a worker, I have the right to go, you know, into non-work areas during non-work times and distribute literature, uh, talk about issues, whatever, whatever it is you want to do. Um, but it's, it's a sad escalation as well. I think that that's a desperate move to take an organizer off the front lines. I think it's unnecessarily uncivil and that Amazon should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, if they're engaging in nonviolent, uh, you know, free speech type activity, um, whether the, the, the letter of the law says you can kick people off, I consider, you know, putting people through that system of getting arrested and, you know, having to, to go through, you know, being processed, you know, just for standing outside a building and, uh, you know, talking to, to people, talking to coworkers about, you know, what's going on. My understanding is that he no longer works for the company. He is an organizer. He is working on this, but it, they may have been able, they, you know, and that's, again, that's why I say that this is an uncivil thing to do. Nobody deserves to have cuffs thrown on them and be processed through, through jail for, for that kind of thing. That's terrible. Uh, Amazon should be ashamed of themselves, just ashamed. And well, why don't they just let union organizers and organizers onto the property anyways? I mean, that's, that's an issue that's come up in some of the conversations I've had with people uh, in the labor sphere is, you know, that what's, why is that such a problem? Uh, they're not doing anything against the company. The, the, 
this, this perception of unions as an enemy, as a threat to the company, that's not an appropriate, the, the way that you know, the laws are set up and the way that the system works is that the company's required to be neutral. I mean, that's the biggest, you know, dividing line. They're supposed, they're not, they're allowed to give their message. I mean, obviously there's union busting that goes on, but tactics I'm hearing out of the Amazon Labor Union in New York, captive audience meetings, which are banned in most other United Nations countries. Captive audience meetings are considered a violation of human rights to force, and especially your legal you know, rights to have to sit there and, and be force fed some kind of bullshit information. I mean, again, we're seeing some nasty tactics come out in New York and I don't, I don't think it's very nice of them. Uh, they are, however, news coming out of Amazon Labor Union too. I have been monitoring you know, pictures on social media and they do seem to be allowing workers to set up a shop, if you will, in the lunchroom and hand out literature. You, you've always been able to do that, but I think it's worth noting that for anybody listening to this that may be interested in doing this, they have to let, like, if you go in and put a little sign up that says, you know, start a union, for instance, or, you know, whatever it is you want to do, they don't have, they can't stop you from doing that. It's considered a free speech kind of thing. I've heard of groups like Amazonians United giving out, like, uh, giving out food, not giving out, but, you know, everybody pulls their money together and gets a bunch of Gets, I forget it, what, what, what did they have? Empanadas, maybe? Anyways, it's some kind of group food that you can buy a bunch of different ones and get everybody together on it. It's a very useful organizing tool on the shop floor. Now you can do that in the lunchroom while you're not working. So, but no, that's, so that's some of the news coming out of Amazon Labor Union. We have the arrests or the arrest, the singular arrest. I'm not sure, it, they, the news mostly mentions Chris Smalls. Again, very, very bad look, Amazon. What the heck, you know, throwing cuffs on a man. That's uncivil. But uh, also uh, use of captive audience meetings, just, you know, brutalizing people with a tactic that has been banned in other countries because it just violates basic human rights tenements. But hey, you know, why should they care about the, the spirit of the law? They only have to follow the letter of the law, right? Like it's like everything else they do. Uh, get, I'm ranting a little bit now, but they, 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 you know, they use all these loopholes to, to kind of, oh, if, if it's banned in other countries, it's got to be bad for you. But on the plus side, Amazon Labor Union, they are, they're district, they seem to have a pretty robust operation of workers, you know, handing out their literature and getting their message out. So keep it up, guys. Uh, everybody's rooting for you there. And speaking of rooting for somebody, Bessemer, Alabama. Yesterday, they had a large rally. Uh, I saw a I saw a live stream from a worker from Bessemer, Alabama of that event. Uh, I, I wasn't in a position to hear it and I haven't rewatched it, but I assume they're talking about the things that we're, we're always talking about at Amazon too, right? You know, the, the working conditions, the feeling like a number, you know, feeling like a machine, wanting, a, you know, wanting, you know, better wages. So they are their election is done on March 28th and they have a, they're doing mail-in until then. Uh, I believe it's all mail-in, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, 
I don't think they ever moved the mailbox outside of the building. I'm not sure on that, but the mailbox that they installed that got them in trouble with the NLRB. Did you hear about that? What union is uh, the Amazon down there uh, working with? Uh, RWDSU. So let me look up real quick what that. It's retail workers. There is subsidiary. Well, I saw the UFCW mentioned on their stuff too. They're the United Food and Commercial Workers. So they're uh, if they're advertising on the podium, they're probably assisting financially and otherwise down there. But I think the RWDSU is just kind of a union politics or union uh, union structure and union politics can be just as confusing as any government. There's a million different million different structures. Uh, retail, wholesale, and department store union. RWDSU, yep, looks like it comes under the purview of the United Food and Commercial Workers. So they're also uh, getting after some of the social media stuff uh, that I've been seeing. Uh, for instance, they go to people's houses uh, after work and they have them fill out a little sign that says why they're voting yes. Uh, it's a tactic we use on political campaigns all the time. I mean, it's a great, what, what you're always looking for is good voter engagement, good voter contact and, you know, worker engagement. Uh, you, want, you want people to be engaged and to have, you know, you know want to have some demands and, and have a sense of what they want, you know, that they're part of the process because that's really what it's all about. All the unions and all the labor organizations are really about the members and the workers. Uh, and it's it's beautiful watching Bessemer come back with the second chance from the NLRB. They're definitely, you know, it's a comeback and an underdog. It's a David versus Goliath struggle down there and has been for some time. But it it's, uh, I think that Alabama having to overcome that two to one margin is going to be tough, but I, I am more optimistic about it for reasons I think I've mentioned before, you know, conditions down there. Uh, are, are producing casualties, like multiple casualties at this facility in Bessemer, Alabama. Hi, we're not hearing about this from other ones. Um, but that mail-in ballots come March 28th. Mail-in ballots to me are also a great uh, asset for the side of increasing turnout uh, in the sense that you can, if you can get to people outside of work and talk to them, uh, you know, in a situation that they're comfortable in and they want to open up to you and share with you, uh, you know, that's, that's the best way to get some, to get somebody that, you know, is ready to vote and do it right then and there. So, and that's a common tactic that both parties use in the political process. You know, you, you go to people that are fired up about something and, you know, you get them to, to do the mail-in ballot right there. So if you've got the, like I don't be, I don't believe that the company um, the company can't go door to door. Uh, the company can't go outside of work and engage people. They only have them while they're at work. So you can go to somebody's house just like if you're going uh, to a political camp on a political campaign. I'm covered by the First Amendment. Uh, I was knocking doors yesterday in Eureka, Illinois, uh, for my friend Ross Clymer, who's running for county board of Woodford County. Um, and we go door to door fearlessly uh, because we know that there's a First Amendment protection on your ability to do that. Now, you somebody at their door can say, get out of here. 
but it's that that extra attention, you know, like get come to somebody's house. If if their vote is important, go to their house and ask for it, you know. That's that's what I that's what I see about it anyways. So with that kind of tact, I don't know if the Amazon labor union's doing that. I haven't seen as much of that, but I just assume from some of the pictures that I've seen from the RWDSU, they're doing that. And I believe they've also announced that in the news. So that kind of direct voter engagement or that kind of direct worker engagement, I think is gonna go a long way to helping them, you know, turn up more votes. So no other news out of there other than just that kind of grind. They're they're running a, a campaign. I, I would also assume, you know, what's interesting to me about the two campaigns, right, is that you have one that's in more, you know, more of an urban area and more that's one in more of a rural area, right? So you have different strategies for getting to people. Uh, I would guess that, you know, at the one in New York, they're covering a lot more of the like walking paths to get to people with literature, get them to sign the cards, getting them right as they leave or come into work. Um, I don't know if they're going to people's houses. It's always harder to go to people's houses in real dense urban areas as well, because, you know, a lot of apartment buildings and stuff like that don't let you go in there. So, but then down in Bessemer, you can go door to door and you can, you know, uh, or it's a, probably a necessity to go door to door because I wouldn't guess there's, if it's like Joliet, there's not, well, we have a walking path, but it's not a too widely used walking path, right? Hmm. The sidewalk, there is a sidewalk out front. There's a couple of sidewalks out front. They actually have quite a few sidewalks at, at our Amazon, now that I think about it. But yeah, that's the news coming out uh, of... Uh, the, the specifically the union uh, and the Amazon workers, the unions and the Amazon workers that they're that are trying to join them. I think that's an important story to tell, and that's an important story to keep raising up. Now, in other news, you know, I want to cover some. Uh, I, I like to look at as we talked about the one big group, right? So labor also includes the National Labor Relations Board, and that's what I I find that they're. So they've been saying some interesting things that I think people might want to pay attention to if you're really serious about uh, forming unions and getting organized. One is a is the indications that the NLRB wants to return to a joy silk doctrine. So basically, the the Joy Silk Doctrine, if I'm understanding it correctly, because I get some of this stuff mixed up because it is it is complicated, but it's a card check standard whereby you would avoid what's going on at the Amazon Labor Union or with the Amazon Labor Union, the RWDSU, having to expend all these resources, risk arrest, uh, risk arrest by simply getting a majority of cards signed and the employer saying that, okay, if you've got half the people in here to sign it, I'll just go ahead and do that. Uh, to trigger an election, you have to get 35% of the total population of the facility. Um, uh, and then you have to get 50 plus, 50% 50 plus one. So if you have 5,000 votes, you have to get 2501 votes to, to win that. Now, a return to the Joy Silk Doctrine, if I were, uh, if I am understanding this correctly, uh, would mean that instead of having to go through the election process, you know, after getting 35% of the cards, if you can just show that 
half the people in the facility would vote for it in a completely uncompromised, uncoerced, unpressured way, uh, you know, then why wouldn't you just recognize the union? You know, the employer can at all times just recognize a union. You don't have to go through an election and force people to spend money and go door to door. You can just uh, allow, they can just allow it. So I, 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 when I look at what's going on in New York and Bessemer, I just think of the massive amounts of resources that have to go into that. When, you know, honestly, the history of unions coming back to that is that they were secret organizations. They had secret card checks. You didn't, you know, you, you, they were essentially secret societies. Um, so forcing workers to walk in uh, and vote or, you know, complete something in the mail, just making that extra pressure, like people that may, you know, it, it, it just is a looming kind of thing. Whereas, I don't know, if you can effectively build a relationship, let's say me, what if I could just go through our facility and get half the people to sign a card? Don't you think that would be a pretty solid, pretty solid indicator that the place wants a union? Like, cause with, because we're looking at my model of like, you know, working through a group like United for Respect, uh, and you know, using them as a resource, you know, to organize within the workplace or you know, to to sort of engage fellow workers. Um, I build deep relationships with people. I try to make friends. I try to know things about people, uh, and just you know, build a relationship because that's what. Uh, the only relationship that matters in politics is the relationship that the candidate or the, the elected official has with their constituencies, the people that vote them in every year. So you have to build relationships with people uh, over long periods of time, and they have to get something out of it too, you know, and have to feel unpressured about it as well, you know. And so uh, that's the same thing with a, with in my mind, a union organizer, especially one that's doing it on the shop floor, is that, you know, you're already doing the work of building that relationship. Like who would sign a card? We, we saw that roll out with the petition. Now, if I was actually getting union cards signed, I think that'd be a little different uh, just because it'd be, you know, a little more pressure, but we've done the petitions and it, you know, it seemed to, to effectively project the will of the, the workers, you know, at Amazon. So I look at being like, like labor leaders or politicians are in service and management positions. You know, like they are there in service to the people that vote them in. That in the, in a union's case or in a workplace setting, that's that's the people you know that you work with. So, like like I say, with me, if I were to go around our facility, would call it a thousand people. I'm not sure the numbers fluctuate. I'm sure, but let's say all the people that do direct labor, you know, the the stowers, the pickers, the uh, the the people in uh, vendor return, the packers, the etc. All the different places, you know, if I could get half of the people in the facility to sign a card, why isn't that good enough? to to prove that you know they want to put an organization in place so there's there's my rant but that with that return to the joy silk doctrine would be important and very helpful i think for those of us even just like yeah, 
it would take a lot of pressure off, I think, of people, you know, to have to not go through an election. And I think that it's kind of so in my mind, creating discomfort or distress to gain a desired political behavior is torture. So and they're literally, literally, and in New York, you know, and, and other places, they they literally use things that are banned for their human rights, you know, for human rights violations, like, they, that's how far they're, they're basically willing to torture you to get you to think to not vote union, to think that voting union is a bad thing. They, they torture you through an election process. And I don't think we, we talk about that enough. Like you're, you're putting all those people, you know, at, at risk of mental health problems of, you know, of bad, you know, just nobody wants when you're especially, well, again, I digress. Uh, but why force people into an election process when you could just very well uh, do a poll? So like subtle differences too, like a company is not allowed to do a poll or ask people directly if they can, if they want to join a union or are in a union. They cannot ask that. They're not allowed to, they have ways of finding out, of, of course, you know, I mean, I'm not naive about that, but technically they're not supposed to be doing any direct polling, uh, you know, and getting like that, like a count on how many people would want to join a union. I haven't, let me, let me put it this way. I, I wouldn't, what I would say is that I haven't found the message that I wanted to spread yet. You know, I've experimented with different things and different tactics, but what I've found helps the most in getting the message across is the face-to-face -face contact with people and the conversations, you know, with them. That's like, that's more important than sitting in the lunchroom with a petition. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So I try to do that as much as possible because at the point that we get to where we do a petition, you know, I just want to make sure everybody, it's not, it's not going to be a surprise, right? But let's talk about that. But I, I going back to the idea of a petition. So let's say twenty twenty one dollars an hour, maybe. How, how much extra UP? Or how much extra PTO and VTO do you think you should get? P, double UPT, or double? Because let, like, let's be clear too. I don't consider UPT a benefit. I consider it a, a policy. You know what I mean? Like to control how much unpaid time off you take, which is just. I've never really heard of that, you know, sometimes things just happen. Like I get, I, so yeah, quarter hour UPT deductions. I mean, you can do it with everything else. Why not with UPT? So double, I say double PTO. Maybe double UPT, WPT, WPT. I think we should be asking for extra PTO too though. That's just me. We're already acting like a union. And when we put the podcast out, hopefully people can listen to this. And, you know, if we've, we've come up with this, maybe I'll start doing a petition. How about we do that? This is the new Amazon project. This is where we went to with the podcast tonight. You, you want to know what we're going to do. I'm going to educate you on the plan. We're, we'll devise a petition here. How about that? And then seek approval from other employees. Sound like a plan? So $21 an hour, WPT, quarterly our UPT deductions, not screwing you over on the on the UPT, 50% more PTO. It probably speaks to uh, our mindset that we're going over the UPT and stuff because that's how we obsess 
we are forced to obsess over our unpaid time, the amount of unpaid time we're willing to take off. But let's talk about some scheduling stuff. I think uh, we're eight hours, after eight hours, you should be paid overtime. You know, like at not just after 40 hours, after eight hours, you know, you're still allowing people to make, you know, you're, you're still going to pay the same amount of overtime, right? Yeah. OT after eight hours, $21 an hour, WPT, quarterly hour, quarter hour UPT deductions, OT after eight hours. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to do all that mandatory. Well, folks, you heard it here on the Amazon project. We just constructed a, a basic outline of a petition for our facility. And you can too. If you want to use it, feel free to. Uh, remember, your rights are protected as well. But uh, I really had a great time. You know, something I want to give a shout out to. It's ended now, but I was part of something called the Always Essential Fellowship. Uh, and it was a it was a wonderful group of people from a very diverse set of backgrounds. Uh, representing everything from Amazon workers, Walmart workers, United for Respect covers a lot of the corporate workers that don't have any, you know, other resources, you know, uh, to help. Uh, then also farm workers and domestic workers, you know, uh, industries that traditionally have abused workers and exploited workers. And so we did a, a, a whole uh, series of uh, sort of uh, Zooms that covered everything from uh, negotiation from a professor at MIT to media training from someone from CNN. Uh, and, you know, just learning how to be a labor leader. So why haven't I been doing it? I've been trying to learn how to do it effectively. <laughs> and it was a good, uh, good opportunity to, to really, you know, learn more about workplace organizing and workplace you know, engagement, and also to hear the stories of the workers that, so corporate exploitation is its own kind of, it's, it's more dolled up than the exploitation of domestic workers or farm workers, you know, that's just like outright, I, I see stuff online uh, on TikTok about, you know, farm, what farm workers are paid or how they're paid and piecework, the kind of conditions that they have to go through. And we allow this in the United States. We allow people to be treated like damn near, you know, animals. Uh, like I said, the corporate style has got a little more lipstick on that, but, and domestic workers are always, are traditionally exploited as well. So I want to give a shout out to everybody there though, and thank all of them for having put up with me for the many months that we were doing it. Uh, and let them know that they're not far from my mind. And I intend to stay in touch with all of them as well. But I want other workers out there to know that there are resources for you if you want to do the kind of stuff that I've done and that other people that I know are doing. Uh, there are people that are willing to help you with these things. So you feel, always feel free to, to call out to me. Uh, but I, I think it's important that we recognize that we all have the struggle. So or that we all are part of a much bigger struggle that requires us to participate, in, you know, kind of whether we want to or not. So in my opinion, just as I, I hope to use the Amazon project as a platform with which to project and magnify the message of everybody, you know, to the corporate powers, uh, you know, I, 
I see that in politics, we so often focus on the charismatic mega candidates, as I like to call them. Um, in the natural world, we'd call them the charismatic megafauna and megaflora. You know, the the big whatever gets the most attention, so to speak. So presidential, you know, a lot of congressional, senate stuff like that. But there is a whole world of people at you know levels like school board or park district board that control a lot of your tax dollars and so you know i want to start getting some of those people on my tiktoks and talking about what's going on in their community uh i had my friend ross on there so i, I hope that everybody also knows about that and maybe thinks about running themselves you know it's if you've never run for, if you get passionate about this stuff and you want to do it, then then please run for office. We need more people up there, especially people that care about workers. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, look at the situation we're in. Uh, we have, as we've talked about, we have uh, tactics that have been banned by the UN being used on workers in the United States. You know, we've got people being subjected to uh, brutalization through arrest. I know that sounds, you know, if you say that's too deep, I say you lack depth. Have you ever been in cuffs? Do you know what it's like? Do you think that's okay? You know, so we need more lawmakers that take that kind of view uh, so that we can get things like the Protect the Right to Organize Act passed, which if you don't know is an act that would change the laws in the United States to protect, uh, protect worker organization. But we can't do that unless we have more people that run for office that think the way that we do. So wrapping up here, uh, we've covered a whole heck of a lot. As I had mentioned, we've established that I would like to be called Big Drew in honor of Big Bill Haywood. And I hope that you look Big Bill Haywood up. I hope you take an interest in labor history as well at some point as, and bring that knowledge to the next time you listen to the Amazon project. Because as I keep saying, this is a big story that we're telling. We're telling the story of history through our actions at Amazon and working on the types of things that we're doing. It may not seem like that to you, but I saw an interesting quote from Rosa Parks that said something to the effect of, I didn't know I was making history. I was just tired of giving up. So until we meet again, be smart, be safe.